Shalom, friends. This is your friendly neighborhood podcast host, Jake Rubin. Welcome to MSU Hillel's The Weekly Kvetch. This podcast features news, interviews, and a whole lot of kvetching. So I'm excited for you to join me and my trusty producers, Sophie and Nate, as we dive deep into all things Jewish. Hello and welcome back to the Weekly Kvetch. I remain your host, Jake Rubin. And alongside my producers, Sophie, Nate, and MSU Hillel, we are super excited to bring you two really cool entrepreneurial guests, uh, Kara and Josh, each representing their own companies. Kara representing Lash Out Custom Embroidered Apparel and Josh representing Scoop Digital Billboard Management Software. Awesome. Thank you two for coming. It is our pleasure yeah, to have you. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's an honor to be here. Of course. And then uh, before we get started, we do have a quick word from our sponsors. So uh, let's hear that word from our sponsors. The Weekly Kafetch is sponsored by MSU Hillel, the place to be for more than 3,500 Jewish students at MSU. The Weekly Kafetch is also sponsored by Israeli Street Vendors. You got to barter to get the price you want. Awesome. Thank you, our sponsors. So, uh, yes. So before we get started with the interview, we have a quick little segment called Let's Give Them Something to Kvetch About. So what are we kvetching about today? Nate, so, take it away. Today we are kvetching about a very important topic, a very important issue, which is not drinking enough water hydration is the topic of conversation i'll tell you hydration is important it is important (laughs) i uh i have a big big water bottle right next to me that i drink throughout the entire day and that really helps me keep myself hydrated oh look at us with our little reusable water bottles i uh (laughs) i think they oh so proud of us. Look at us go. <laughs> I think drinking water is important. It's something I forget to do all the time. So I have to kind of force myself with these big, big water bottles. They're super colorful too. So I guess like the conversation here. So Kara, Josh, what is one reason as that you would like not drink water? Like what, what prohibits us from drinking water? I know for me, it's just sheer laziness. I don't want to go fill up the bottle um and so then I don't drink any yeah, water yeah I mean that's like one of my biggest issues I don't drink any water like I don't remember the last time I had a cup of water it's really bad but I don't love the taste of water I'm weird <laughs> so like I sometimes put lemon in it yeah hmm. that's good anything you could do to spice it up I might be an outlier here I feel like I drink a lot of water. The reason why I wouldn't drink enough water is just I I just get in these, like, I haven't sat up from this chair for four hours and forget to eat, drink, and then need to go do those things. But I don't mind water. I need water to be really cold, like a lot of ice. I do not like warm water. I feel the same way. I uh, When I go to restaurants, I always ask for water with lots and lots of ice. And I look crazy in the moment. But if it's not completely filled up, I get really disappointed. <laughs> I'm very particular about this stuff. You know, I'm not much of a water drinker either. I don't really like the taste of water. But for those people who don't really like water, let me put you on to something. Ooh. Hint water. Hint water is honestly the greatest thing ever. It's zero sweeteners, zero calorie water, and it's flavored. 
So you're not drinking just regular water. You're drinking watermelon, blackberry, pineapple. They have a bunch of different flavors. My favorite is blackberry. I, uh, a couple weeks ago, I ordered like three cases of blackberry hint water, and that's pretty much all I drink. <laughs> not enough, but I drink it. So, yeah. Very important note that the weekly kvetch is not sponsored by hint water, but water, if you're listening, we love the sponsorship, especially Sophie, who maybe could use three cases of blackberry hint water. Just saying. Just saying. I mean, yes. that sounds good. Well, it, it just made me laugh when you said, you know, zero sweetener, zero sugar. I was like, that's just normal water. You know? <laughs> well, it's not like Propel or something like of that. Of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not like super processed or anything. It's just like hint water, man. More yeah. power to you. <laughs> so we have a couple, uh, some really good tips. Let's recap. One tip from Kara. Add lemon to your water. Mm. That's a good way to drink it. Tip number two from Josh. Very cold water, right? Create a sensation. Ooh. Number three. From Sophie, flavored water that has zero calories, zero whatever, zero whatever, whatever, um, but 100% flavor. Um, and then all in all, drink more water, right? Drink more water. Yep. There we go. Well, that was our uh, let's give up something to fetch about water. So make sure you're drinking. If, you, if you're listening to this and you haven't drinking anything today, drink. This is us telling you here at the Weekly Fetch to drink. So take a sip of water. Do it. I'll do it right now. Look at us go. All right. So, uh, Josh, Kara, thank you for uh, <laughs> thank you for uh, being here. Uh, so, uh, just do us a favor and talk to us a little bit about what your companies are for people who may not know. Uh, Josh, if you want to start. Sure. Um, I run a business called Scoop. Uh, at Scoop, we're really focused on the future of digital billboards. And we specifically build digital billboard software for digital billboard owners. Um, our software makes it really easy for them to control hundreds, if not thousands of screens remotely. Um, and then we have a, a really important tool of what we call billboard e-commerce. So we make it really easy for the billboard owners to sell their ad space online. Um, a lot of our customers come in all different shapes and sizes. So uh, these are people who have digital screens uh, inside of malls, airports, even on moving vehicles like bike taxis. So um, that's us in a nutshell. Oh, that's really cool. I had no clue that, you know, you don't even think about those things like the things on the back of bikes, taxis or, or anything. Wow. That's really, that's really, really cool. And then do you want to tell us about yeah, uh, Lash so Out? I run a company with my sister. She goes to Michigan, though, um, called Lash oh. Out, and it's a customizable <laughs> apparel brand. So basically, customers get to pick their string color that goes into the sweatshirt um, and, like, the design that we're going to put onto it. And basically, it's just the customers get to kind of help design the sweatshirt, and um, we make them and sell them to them. And each month we drop an order form where a certain number of customers get a sweatshirt. So it's kind of more exclusive. We're not taking um, <laughs> orders mm. every single day. Um, it's also just because workload is kind of hard to do if you're getting too many orders because they're all handmade. But it's been really fun. We started it at the beginning of the summer. And yeah, that's just a little bit about Lash Out. 
So that's so exciting. So, uh, so how did you come up with the idea? Yeah, so it was during quarantine, actually. And you and my sister were going through our closets and we were finding so many bar and bat mitzvah sweatshirts that we weren't wearing anymore because they were from like 2013. And my sister thought of the idea instead of giving them away, although we gave away a lot of them. Um, We took a few and started painting over the logos and trying to switch them up into something that we would wear again. And then finally we had our finished product of a revamped uh, bat mitzvah sweatshirt and we started wearing them around our neighborhood for actually a few months and um, people kept commenting on them and being like, how can I get one? Where did you get that? And then I'm a business student. So (laughs) I was like, this is a great idea. Uh, We need to make a business out of it. And then, yeah, we started doing it and it's been a success. So it was a fun story. (laughs) Yeah, that is a fun story. Cause I think about like, even back home in West Bloomfield, I have, hundreds of t-shirts shirts sweatshirts and i think that that's really cool that you just like felt inspired by yeah. all that stuff because it's just you know just collecting dust yeah, otherwise collecting dust for many years so I'm glad we're wearing them again yeah exactly that's really cool it's mm-hmm. like coming around full circle and what about you josh how how did your company get started we um so the business that we know scoop as today is fundamentally different than the business that we started back in 2018. Um, so my freshman year of, of college, we started a bike taxi business that was completely free um, and, and subsidized by digital advertising. So the first business that we were ever in was kind of more of an experiment. Um, me and some buddies who all come from a digital marketing background in high school, um, we were really familiar working with like the Facebook ad suite, the Google ad suite. So we have seen the sides of so many, you know, popular businesses that make the cost of access to the platform free um, in exchange for digital ad fuel. And so the thought process for us at Scoop initially was, is it possible to offset the cost of something in the physical world the same way a YouTube, Facebook, or Google offsets the cost of access to their platforms? Um, And we did, and we did that. in 2019, we, I'm sorry, in 2018, we just figured out how to slap some flat screen TVs to the back of these bike taxis that we found. And we figured out how to power them on the roads without an extension cord. And we hustled around town. Um, we ended up selling about $50,000 worth of ad space to you know local bars, local, local advertisers, student housing facilities. And we took that money, um, we built a bigger fleet um, and then the following summer, summer, we operated that fleet in two cities. So uh, we operated a couple bike taxis in Michigan State and East Lansing. Um, we also had a fleet that operated in Royal Oak. Um, we did a little bit better that year. That's really when we started to realize how complex and hard it is to manage digital ad businesses in many cities. Um, Somewhere along, uh, you know, May, June of 2019, other bike taxi fleets across the country started asking us for our solution. Um, So people as far as Sydney, Australia, pedicab, London, pedicab, San Francisco, pedicab, um, they would all kind of reach out to us um, saying, how in the world are, are you doing digital advertising on the backs here? What screens are you using? What software are you using? And that's kind of when it became really clear to us that 
other people have a need for what we're doing. Um, and it was hard. It, there wasn't really a, a solution that made it seamless and easy. And so we ultimately decided to get out of the business of providing mobility services, bike taxi services. And we decided to get into the business of providing the software that would enable other people to do it. Um, what we have since found is the software has use cases well beyond just bike taxis. Like I said, people in malls, airports, um, cities uh, use the software. So uh, the way that we got to where we are today um, could have never, never, it, it, we would have never been where we are today if we didn't start in the business of selling ad space and realize how hard it is. Wow. That's, that's such an interesting story. So, uh, yeah. Wow. I think where, when the bikes were going around Michigan state, were they free? Because yeah. I, I, my friend, he was riding one of those bikes and he's like hopping my bike. And I was like, all right. So I think I rode in one of your bikes, <laughs> which is, pr which is pretty cool. How was the experience? <laughs> it was, it was really nice. Uh, he was just like, yeah, you know, cause he said like, it was, it was uh, a free ride because of the sponsors or something. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I think he even gave me like, uh, a thing i don't remember really what it was but i was just like oh my gosh like this guy I went to high school with just invited me to hop on a bike with him <laughs> it was cool i mean it was you know so uh so you created this company josh what is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur and kind of uh making a solution to a problem that people didn't even really know that they had i think it's it's exactly that uh, my Somewhere around middle school, early high school, I, I used to think I would go into public policy um, and like try and drive change through the political sphere. Um, as I got older, uh, I started to realize that I think I could have a bigger and faster impact taking the entrepreneurial route than the political route. And so something about the idea of creating products and services that genuinely solve a problem um, is really exciting to me. It's very motivating to me and it's very rewarding to me. And so that's the thing that excites me about entrepreneurship. And I don't think I'll ever work on a business where I can't see the inherent value um, in the, when it comes to the problem that's being solved. And, you know, the more, um, the more people, that are touched by the solution, uh, the more excited I get about the, 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 the business opportunity. I like that a lot. And what about I you, mean, Kara? I definitely agree with Josh, you know, creating something that wasn't there a few years ago that customers really need. I think for me, it's a little bit different just because no one really needs a new sweatshirt that they're going to wear around. But um, it's really cool to be able to have something that customers really want to wear you know people are dying to get a sweatshirt that they're going to wear on campus and I've seen people wearing them around so it's just kind of cool seeing you know people that you don't even know using your products and wanting them um and I'm definitely I never thought I was going to be <laughs> going into fashion or that sphere of business but it's cool to see something that people think is really cute to wear and that I didn't know that I was going to be able to really create that. But I think it comes with being able to customize the sweatshirt and we made a little spin on it. So, you know, it's something that hasn't really been done before, but 
in that terms of like string colors or however you want to look at it but I don't know there's just a bunch of different areas that's cool for running your own business you know being in charge of yourself looking at people wanting your um, sweatshirt to wear and so on I think there's uh there's something that's really cool about Kara's company and it's it, I think it, it I think it does solve a really important problem which is the fact that traditionally textiles in the fashion space has been highly, highly unsustainable. Um, and it's, it's an industry that uh, pollutes quite a bit. And so I, I think if you have something on your shelf that like you didn't, you don't really wear that often, or you may have just thrown away, hopefully you donated instead of throwing it away. But if there's some, you know, like cost effective, um, renovations if you will that you can make to a piece of apparel to make you re want to wear that piece of apparel as opposed to going and buying a new one i i think that can have a really big macro impact um especially as it applies to the problem of unsustainability yeah, in the fashion fast space. fashion definitely not a good thing in this day of age but Hopefully it'll get better. I mean, people can bring me sweatshirts. I'll do them. You know, it's cheaper also than getting a new sweatshirt. Um, but yeah. <laughs> That's nice. It's like you're bringing new life into these things. And it's, uh, uh, it must be really gratifying to just see people walking around wearing things that you've made. Like that you're just like that this is like a physical representation of the hard work that I've done. And you're just yeah. like... People I probably, I mean, people don't feel. always know that I'm the one that made that sweatshirt because we'll ship it to them, you know, so I'll Ooh. be walking around campus yeah. and if uh -huh. I see someone, they're probably like, why is this girl staring at me so much right now? Like, they probably don't <laughs> understand what's happening, but it's definitely cool seeing them around. I can only imagine. So, uh, so this is a podcast through Hillel. So I am, uh, you know, I'm I'm always curious about how you're, you know, incorporating your your Jewishness into uh, your company. Uh, I don't know if you could talk a little bit about being Jewish and being an entrepreneur and like how that affects you and how you think that that kind of dr drives you to make some decisions or, yeah, I'm just, I'm just curious. Yeah. Um. Well, my whole business started from a bat mitzvah sweatshirt, so definitely incorporated there. But I actually am in charge of the. Jewish Business Association with Halal. So yeah, <laughs> so ah. definitely intertwines. Um, there's a bunch of resources that that association has provided and kind of tips and we're having some mentors come in. So I don't know, using that community is definitely helpful um, to kind of just teach you your ways. I mean, yeah, I love the Jewish community. So having that sphere of we love people too. <laughs> too, I feel like a lot of people that have looked into my business are like camp people that want to wear a hoodie. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. And then what about you, Josh? Um, it's a hard question. <laughs> for me, well, not for, for, for most, for most entrepreneurs, it's 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 a really hard undertaking, and it's a very lonely undertaking, and it's an incredibly painful process of going 
through from idea to prototype, from prototype to mass production, from mass production to profitability. That is a multi-year process um, that can be really, really hard. Um, any support system that an entrepreneur can tap in, into that gives them life, you can't put a price on it. And I have been lucky enough to be able to lean on the Jewish community for support. Um, I think the support that I've gotten from uh, that specific community has given me more life uh, than I think I give it credit for. And so I'd say that's, that's gotta be the, the biggest piece um, that makes its way into my entrepreneurial spirit. Well, awesome. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. So, uh, so, I mean, of course, I'm curious. I think the listeners are curious. Uh, what, what is the future for Scoop? Where do you think you see it going? How do you think uh, that this is going to be kind of like the, a revolutionary kind of thing where all advertising is going to be digital now? Or do you think that you're just going to keep expanding out into other universes? How do you think it's just going to keep evolving? Yeah, great question. So um, as far as revolutionary technology goes, I don't, I don't anticipate that Scoop will be building anything in-house that reinvents the world um, for at least the next 24 months. Um, however, I would definitely say we are building a better mousetrap. And so just to kind of give a lay of the landscape as it applies to this country, there's roughly 25 million displays out of the home where brands can place advertisements on. These displays are everywhere. They're in malls, they're in parking structures, they're in airports, they're at bus stations, they're on buses, they're in subway stations all over the place. Less than 10% of those are digital today. So the anticipation is that by the year 2025, 2026, more than 50% of those will be digital. So if you do the quick math, anywhere between eight to 12 million digital screens for the purpose of selling ads on them will be coming online within the next five or six years. This is roughly a, a 55 to $60 billion market opportunity that's emerging in this country alone. Yeah. Um, America is actually pretty far behind when it comes to the digitization. Uh, markets like Australia are already 50% digitized. Japan's the second or third largest digital out of home market in the world. So um, we've seen it, we've seen the digital transformation happen in other countries. And so, um, you know, we're really confident that the future of out of home advertising is digital. Um, when it comes to tech that we're integrating, that's really inventing, reinventing the wheel, um, we're using a lot of technologies um, stuff like smart cameras that can get an accurate read on who specifically is standing in front of our screen right now. Um, and we can have that data talk to an ad server um, and the ad server can optimize and pull an ad that's specifically targeted to that individual. Um, this is something that's happening while your browser is loading. When you go on to, I don't know, ESPN, uh, your browsing cookies are being sent to an ad server and it's optimizing uh, information for you. And you actually want this. Um, it'd, be, it'd be very unenjoyable if you were getting junk ads that aren't really applicable to you. Um, I personally take the opinion that 
advertising should be designed to help consumers make more informed decisions. And so I think um, there's a lot of, uh, first, we need to digitize those 25 million static displays. And then once we digitize those over the next couple of years, we open up a, a world of, of new possibilities as it applies to targeting, tracking attribution, tracking return on investment and effectiveness of the campaigns. Wow, that's so exciting. That is, <laughs> yeah, the future is now. <laughs> And then uh, what about you, Kara? Obviously, I don't think it's as big as Josh right now, but we're a few years behind him. But I think right now we're just planning (laughs) on hiring some more people to kind of help us with the production part of it so that we can take more orders. Um, Right now, it's just me and my sister making them. Um, And then we also want to expand to other products. So we've been looking into sweatpants and beanies and jackets and other things like that so that we can kind of redesign those also and be able to take customers sweatpants to put a logo on those and um, kind of revamp those as well we're just looking at that we just released a website a few weeks ago so we're gonna see how everything goes Mazel tov. thank you Mazel tov. yeah <laughs> it's lash out at wix very yes at wix.com it has a few s's but it's also in the bio of our instagram cool cool right well uh before we wrap up i just want to uh thank you again for coming and i also i want i'm curious do you do you have any advice for any entrepreneurs that may be listening that have an idea and they just they just need a final push to uh make their actual idea happen if you could speak directly to the uh, to the future, uh, the future, you know, apparel designer, the future uh, technology mogul. Yeah. Do you have any words of advice? I just say that you just need to do it, and um, it might be scary at the beginning, but it doesn't hurt to try. And if it fails, you know, it's a learning lesson. And if it succeeds, then you have a great business. So that's my little piece of advice. I like that. I would say um, failure, failure has to be one of the okay options. And so like when you're, when you're really trying to innovate, there's, there's a lot of like, will this work? Will it not? And failure has to be one of the options. It, it, it can't be viewed as like, we need to do everything in our power to make sure this doesn't fail. Um, and so I, I, I'll, all I'm trying to say is don't, don't fear the the failure end of it. We had no idea whether whether or not we could sell enough ad space to run a free ride uh, uh, service. Um, that was a pure hypothesis, and we just I think we just worked hard enough to get it to happen. Um, and we totally knew that the default answer would be failure if we didn't go around and work really hard. Default would have been failed failure. So um, know that if you are going to start a business, the default ending of the business is failure. Um, It's your job to push that back as far as possible and uh, to create sustainable processes and, you know, enough revenue so that uh, you, you do not end up with the default end result. Well, that was really well said. 
I, I really appreciate that. And I think our I think our listeners will also appreciate the advice. All right. And now we're going to move on to my favorite part of the podcast, uh, the bit where I rant about something. So uh, what am I going to be ranting about today? Well, uh, picture this. The year 2020, uh, the planet Earth, the country America, the state Michigan, the city East Lansing or any city. You are hungry. Mm, I want to eat something. You go out to a restaurant. You don't wear your mask. You act like uh, a jerk in the restaurant and you don't tip your waiter or waitress. Nothing gets me fired up like mistreatment of wait staff. They are there for you. They are there to make you happy. They are there to bring you food. They have lots of things going on. They have lives. They have children. They have mothers. They have lovers. They have whatever. And the last thing on their mind is making your little stupid tush happy. So if something doesn't go right, the thing that you should not do is yell at them. They're just trying to do their their job, right? They're there to bring you food and bring you happiness. This goes for any retail workers, anybody that's working. Working during a pandemic is not easy and you need to respect them and respect yes. the fact that yes. they are there to bring you clothes, to bring you food, to bring you video games, to bring you bananas, whatever it is, they're out there busting their tush to make sure that your little stupid tush is happy. So there's lots of twitches going around, but you just need to make sure that you treat them with the respect that you would give another person. And if you're at a restaurant, here's a good tip for you that comes with tipping. You should not tip less than 20% in general. Retweet. Because these people, they make less than minimum wage. And the fact that if you tip them less than 20%, like I know some older people do, uh, you need to keep in mind that they are doing their job. I usually tip around 30% because I, uh, I'm a it's good very person. Generous. I don't, very I am, generous. I am generous. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, it's just like, you know, I, especially like if it's good, I'll tip them I, 25, 30%. It's just like, I'm out there. I'm recognized. I recognize the hustle, man. You know, entrepreneurs, they're working restaurant staff are working Meyer employees are working the people who greet you they're working if somebody if you walk into Meyer and you get greeted by somebody you don't just keep walking you greet them back they're out there greeting you you turn around and you say hello when when they're like hi i hope you have a fun time at Meyer you, you just don't keep walking you go thank you i appreciate that i respect you man because i do respect them man. you always ask them how they are too if I they do. ask you yes. how you are yes. yeah that's a good general life lesson. Hi, how are you? Good. No. Hi, how are you? Good. How are you? How are you? How are you yeah. doing in this moment, <laughs> in this space, in East Lansing, Michigan, USA, uh, Earth, North America, Milky Way <laughs> galaxy? You are here asking me how I'm doing, and I'm going to make sure that you're doing okay. Whew. And that was and that was my Jake Rand of the day. Make sure you treat people with kindness or else I'll come yes. for you. Yes. Ooh, thank you for Jake Rant. God bless Jake Rant. Everybody hashtag tweet Jake Rant. <laughs> All right. And now we are going to move on to our 22nd Torah. So let's hear it. It's time for 22nd Torah. Hi, I'm Rabbi Genestein Turo, and this is 22nd Torah. This week's Parsha is Chaye Sarah, which introduces us to Rebecca, the second matriarch and Isaac's wife. Rebecca is recognized for her immense hospitality. 
She meets Abraham's servant at the well and gives water to him and his camels and immediately offers him a place to stay. Because of this, she is deemed a worthy bride. We learn from Rebecca, as well as many of our biblical ancestors, the Jewish value of being welcoming at all times. This can be as simple as greeting people with a hello and saying their name and asking how are you and truly wanting to know the answer. Awesome. Thank you for that 20-second Torah. Always a pleasure to hear. Okay, well, uh, before we completely end, we have one more final segment called the L'chaim of the Week. And in this segment, we are going to talk about something that we are looking forward to, something that we appreciate uh, just in the coming week or, yeah. So, it, you know, it's nothing, nothing to stress about, Sophie. So uh, we'll figure it out as we go. So uh, the thing that I'm looking forward to is that uh, something in my free time I do is I do improv. And I have an upcoming improv show. Uh, in the next couple weeks. And so my team and I, we've been practicing, making sure that everything's going well. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to putting that one on. It's going to be Brady Bunch themed. <laughs> and then, uh, so what about you, Nate? What is your L'chaim of the week? Um, so my L'chaim of the week is actually um, the weekend where I, and we're recording a little bit in advance, but I already can tell you, um, this weekend I am not doing anything. Um, I do not have plans to see anyone, to do anything, to work on anything. I'm just going to like be in solitude by myself, um, which is like not something that I do super often, but it is sometimes like the best thing for me. So nice. in terms of like celebrating self-care, I like to, you know, find as many options as possible. Um, and this weekend's self-care is being by myself and that would be great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sophie, what about you? Um, I would definitely, I know, yeah, like Nate said, we're recording this in, in advance, but Daylight mm -hmm. Savings was pretty recent, and yeah. waking up at, like, an earlier time, I have an 8.30, and I woke up at 8 for it, but it felt like I was waking up at 9, which was amazing. Yeah, <laughs> that is nice, just to feel like you're sleeping more, just to trick your brain. <laughs> and what about you, Kara? Um, so I just got offered an internship, so I'm excited to thank oh, you. Nice. I'm excited to accept it, so I'm doing that in the next few days. So it'll be good to get that off my shoulders. And then Josh, what about you? Um, SpaceX, which is a company that I am very fond of, um, they are going to be launching their first crewed mission on November 14th. So Ooh. I know uh, a lot of people remember back in May when they launched people for the first time, that was just a test miss mission to see whether whether or not they could do it. And so this is the first time where a real deal uh, four, uh, four person crew will be launched by a private company. So for all the entrepreneurs out there that are reaching for the stars, it's cool to see an American startup uh, carry NASA astronauts to the space station. I'm, I'm very excited to watch that one live next week. That is so exciting. Well, uh, thank you, Kara. Thank you, Josh, for coming. Uh, do you want to plug your company's social medias, uh, your own social medias, just ways that people can find you? Uh, Josh, if you want to start with that. Sure. Our, uh, our website's a really good one. Um, we, have a, we have a blog that we update pretty frequently. Our socials are also a good one. Our, our website is scoop uh, s-k-o-o-p dot digital uh we dropped the dot com left that in 2019 <laughs> um, 
but uh, our uh, all of our all of our handles are are also um, either scoop digital or digital scoop. Um, so check yeah, us out. Yeah, you can find us. Awesome. Probably the best one is Instagram. It's at lash underscore out with three s's, and then you can get to our website from there. And those are pretty good to look at. Awesome. Well, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Kara, again for swinging on by and joining our little little podcast. It was an absolute pleasure to have you. Uh, I hope that the viewers, if you're listening, I hope you have a wonderful day. And thank you for stopping by. All right, bye. And that's our show. Thanks for kvetching with us this week. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a review and call a friend to tell them you love them. The Weekly Kvetch is hosted by me, Jake Rubin, and our executive producers are Sophie Dwaskin and Nate Strauss. This podcast is a production of MSU Hillel. Yalla bye, my friends.